0: We are looking for your feedback on the show and have an exclusive offer for you. If you are willing to leave us a review on the show wherever you listen to the podcast, we are going to give you Mike's serve-selling course for free. All you have to do is leave a rating wherever you listen to the show, take a screenshot, and send it to askmike at com, and we'll send you the coupon for the free course. This offer is exclusively for podcast listeners only, so please, Take advantage while
1: there's still time. Thanks for
0: listening to the show and enjoy.
1: Without a dedicated HR team, many small business owners like you have to either handle HR yourself or assign the responsibilities to a trusted employee. But how will you know about the constant changes in employment law at the federal, state, or local level? Or for how long employee records should be kept? HR Direct Smart Apps is here to help. It's a new breed of HR solutions, more affordable and accessible than ever before. At just $90 a year per web-based app, each app helps you accomplish HR tasks like provide trackable harassment training, share attorney-approved company policies, manage employee time off and sick time, and more. The best part? You only pay for the apps you need. Visit their website and choose the web apps that will transform your HR today. Find your solutions at www.hrdirectapps.com. That's www.hrdirectapps.com. Just
2: because I brush my teeth to cover my morning breath and just because I've trimmed my ear hair doesn't mean that that's not a part of me. It is a part of me. My morning breath is a part of good me. Point.
1: That's a good point, oh. right? But you don't expose it.
2: Right. It's just not a part you know, of me that I want to share with the world. Also, I think uh, our clients and our prospects typically if you're a personal brand are looking for leadership in some area where whatever it is that you lead in whether you lead with empathy whether you lead with direction whether you lead in a very very niche area like uh every strategy you ever needed for unpicking your toenails if you're an underwater basket weaver in guatemala you know maybe that's your area of leadership but i think everything you put out there should be relevant it doesn't mean you can't be self deprecating it can't mean you don't show chinks in your armor i think it does mean that you don't go naked if you want to be of service to the people who have raised their hand and said i need you to help me otherwise it's a distraction to them as well
1: okay we're recording yeah how do you is this for a skinny guy like i have a skinny neck and stuff should i should i not i have it unbuttoned to like the top button and one button here you're What's good better look is it should i button here or is it I'll I do it. The best look for Here's you. the button there. You, I think
3: I prefer that way, actually. Yeah, I think I prefer yeah. that way
1: too. Yeah.
0: Like,
3: what if but you. Whatever feels good, it's fine.
0: If you button the top button, like a cholo, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then unbutton the second button, and then pop yes. your
1: chest and hair. And then
3: wear a wife beater underneath <laughs> the. the, yeah. the button I, like button
1: shirt. I like that. I like <laughs> yeah, that.
3: Yeah, whatever you do, you cannot go another button, though. Yeah.
1: No. Nah. No, I, I got it. Unless
3: you fluff your hair on your no. chest.
0: I do. I love fluffing my chest hair. Wait a second, Kels, why would doing another button be bad?
3: Because there would be too much chest hair? Yeah, this is way too much. Oh, It's
0: way too much. You don't groom your chest hair?
3: Even if you do, it's still I love know, how Mike did working.
0: Mike didn't even answer that question. I, Are you
1: know, asking, I, like, I, I thought you were asking Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yeah, I do I actually do I do trim my chest hair a little bit because I, I have I have a lot of chest hair. I don't have any back hair, thank God. I was
3: gonna say, do you brush up the back hair? That's
1: yeah, I don't have any back hair. I'm
3: a little bit disturbed. This is the second time that we're having this conversation. I know. I this was this just saying Yeah. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah, we've done this before.
1: Oh God, let's get past this then. Let's get <laughs> let's get to the essence we want to talk about, and uh, it's Matthew Kimberly. Ironically, he does talk about hair in this episode. He talks about ear hair, uh, but you'll see how it's relevant. So listen on in.
2: Uh, Mike, I want to start off by saying an enormous thank you to you. This is the second time that we've recorded this episode, and on the first time, uh, you worked your magic. I lowered my defences. I opened my heart, and I shared with you something which was uh, deeply personal and not all my story. So what happened next was I had what one of my clients, when I was discussing it with them, I said, "I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to. What would you, what would you, what would you do yeah. in this situation?" And they said, "Ah, you're suffering from a vulnerability, a vulnerability hangover." And I said, ah, that's maybe it. But it got me. Th- so anyway, so I, I, I dropped you a message. And I said, my, listen, I've changed my mind. The stuff that we discussed last time is too good to air. Too it's too juicy and frankly, too personal. And if it was just me, but it involved other members of my family and all sorts of things. So I said, I'm, I'm really not happy about putting this out there. And you said, dude, no worries at all. And I was grateful. And I was grateful for two reasons. One, because I was afraid that I'd wasted an hour of your life. And that I know you're a busy man. Uh, well, at least you you know give the impression of being a busy man. Probably, probably not super busy. Um, but also because it's just not it's not the way that I tend to operate. Typically, if I give something, then it's then it's given, right? It's not it's not retracted. Yeah. Uh, but you said it's cool, and it got me thinking a lot, a lot about <clears throat> how much we as Open inverted commas thought leaders or influencers or um, or even one one person businesses you know brand uh, personality based businesses how much we share with the world because there's an awful lot out there about being authentic and about being vulnerable and we frequently see, see all sorts of shit shows going down in social media there's always some kind of scandal some kind of gossip some kind of yeah. implosion going on and I sit there and I think why why, why does this need to be shared with your clientele? And Did you say think clientele? It's clientele, yeah, your clients. Oh my God, it, I to uh, tell you a story
1: about uh, uh, tinnitus. Um, but for, let me say first. Let me say this. Um, I appreciate the thank you. I was just razzing you. I want to thank you um, because we explored a topic that um, that really has opened my eyes to. Uh, there's so many elements of business going on that doesn't get discussed right there's also certain conversations that say should say between two people and uh, that conversation for forever will um, i felt a little barbara walters like like you know you know he's actually crying like but it just it's not appropriate for airing and it and, and therefore it wouldn't be of service. it'd be more voyeuristic than anything
2: i think you're i think you're exactly right and one of my one of my colleagues said what purpose does this serve vis a be your the message of for an to the world or your audience and it, it didn't. And if you want to know what we discussed, Mike and I will be hosting a twenty-five thousand dollar weekend seminar.
1: <laughs> Act now; we only have five slots left. Yep. Um, so here's my t- here's my tinnitus story. So I'm I'm in Australia, and I I have tinnitus. Uh, if you don't know what tinnitus is, it's a constant ringing in your ears, and I've had it since birth. Um, so right now, I hear this constant ringing. I, I'm so. I grew up with that. I don't know other. I actually thought silence was ringing. Like when someone's like, oh, the room's silent, I'm like, yeah, totally silent, which is like constant. Like I didn't know that's not normal. So um, I'm in Australia and I'm talking with this gentleman there who uh, I don't know how the topic comes up. And I say, oh, I have tinnitus. He goes, oh, it's interesting. I work with people who have tinnitus. I'm like, oh, what's tinnitus? He's like, well, tinnitus is this ringing in the ears. I'm like, that sounds very similar to tinnitus. Dude, like for twenty minutes, this moron here—we're talking about the exact same subject, and I have no clue we're talking about the same subject because it's clientele or tinnitus. So definitely.
2: don't you use the word honorarium? Speaking of speaking, I of, use
1: honorarium. You do use it. the word honorarium. I know you've
2: been—I've I've watched you be ribbed for that. So I'm happy to take a ribbing for clientele. <laughs>
1: That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so here's what I wanted to explore with you today: is um, well, it's actually a couple elements. Midlife crisis as an entrepreneur. Like yep. You're going through a shift. COVID is expedited for all of us. I want to know that experience. But I also want to talk, and this is where I want to start, is, is what is shareable and not? You are a personal brand. Uh, yep. It's the Matthew Kimberly brand. You, you've teamed up with Michael Port, and there's there's Book Yourself Solid. Um, I have a personal brand. So, you know, I think as the provider of a personal brand that some people, oh, they want to know more about the backstory. But at a certain point, it's it's. It's of no value and it's even harmful to the brand. Like, How do you find that balance?
2: Yeah, that's 100% right. It can be harmful to the brand. And that's why vulnerable authenticity on its own is very, very poor advice, I think. Uh, And I've I've dug into this a little bit um, in my work with my clients, particularly when it comes to writing emails, uh, which I'm a a big fan of, of portraying your personality through emails, but it's got to be... Cultivated. It's got to be the best version of you, the most strategic version of you. Now, we all have different roles in life. We all play different parts. You know, this is we we say some days we're from minute to minute we change roles. We're a buddy. We're a drinking buddy. We're a father. We're a lover. We're a business owner. We're a marketer. We're a listener. You know, every day we've got a thousand different things that we do. And I think when we're wearing our marketing slash personal brand hat, we have to decide what doesn't get it. Um, and people say, no, you've got to show everything. You've got to be vulnerable. You've got to be authentic. But, Mike, I don't know about you, but before I leave the house, uh, I brush my teeth I and I check my ear hair. Well, speaking of midlife crisis, you know. Oh, you wearing, I do
1: ear hair. I do that too. We're wearing
2: ear, ear pods now, you know, the pods, which are white and they go in the ear. And I was checking myself just before I left the house, you know, do I don't have anything in my teeth? And I noticed that this white background, to this front part of the ear gave a perfect view of my sprouting ear hair. So you know, now I take care of the ear hair and the nose hair and all these things that you know, people my age have to deal with. But just because I've brushed my teeth to cover my morning breath, and just because I've trimmed my ear hair, doesn't mean that that's not a part of me. It is a part of me. My morning breath is a part of good me. Point.
1: That's a good point, oh. right? But you don't expose it.
2: Right, it's just not a part you know, of me that I wanna share with the world. Also, I think uh, our clients and our prospects Typically, if you're a personal brand, are looking for leadership in some area, where whatever it is that you lead in, whether you lead with empathy, whether you lead with direction, whether you lead in a very, very niche area, like uh, every strategy you ever needed for unpicking your toenails, if you're an underwater basket weaver in Guatemala, you know maybe that's your area of leadership. But I think everything you put out there should be relevant. It doesn't mean you can't be self-deprecating. It can't mean you don't show chinks in your armor. But I think it does mean that you don't go naked if you want to be of service to the people who have raised their hand and said, "I need you to help me." Otherwise, it's a distraction to them as well.
1: Do you think there's ever been an underwater basket weaver? Like anyone does that professionally, ever?
2: Well, I always use that example as um, you know we teach the, the value of a, of a well-defined target market, and I always say, <laughs> no, I, "I
1: hear you." I'm just saying the terms used often. I'm wondering if it's ever even existed. Is this so funny? It's so.
2: Well, I think you have to be certain that it's a viable target market. And typically, I assume that underwater Guatemalan basket weavers is an probably
1: not, probably not high demand target market. So, okay, so um, it's interesting. So, there are certain things that the world just doesn't need to see, but it's, it's truly us. So, we, we pluck out the hair. Um, the other side is I see people go to too far of an extreme. In the word I hear, is chameleon like oh oh I'm a chameleon when I'm out there in the public face there's that's not me that's not me that's too, like that's the epitome of the inauthentic. Can you go too far with this?
2: Yeah, and there's also a question of integrity and realness. You know, if you are a if you're an evangelical preacher uh, spouting family values and the dangers of homosexuality, and then you are found in a public restroom with a rent boy
1: with an underground
2: underwater basket weaving. Yeah, exactly. That's that's pure hypocrisy. And that is where not only are you not displaying the best version of yourself to the world, you're actually displaying a completely false version of yourself to the world. Now, that's not the same as putting on a pair of dentures if you don't like your teeth. It's not the same as wearing a wig. It's the same as wearing a wig and saying, Boldness is nothing to be ashamed of, <laughs> yeah. right? So you've got you've got to be you've got to make sure that this version of yourself that is projected to the world is true to you. It can be amplified. It should not be hypocritical. Although I always have a lot of you know I, uh, things like ch- le- charges leveled against people for hypocrisy. Yeah, tend to be ungenerous. Like yeah. we all make mistakes but if you make a career about preaching one thing and behind the scenes you're practicing on the daily something completely different that's that's something else uh so you you can definitely go too far and and everybody has to has to learn how to how to read the warning signs i was i was reminded of this just yesterday when i noticed uh one of these instagram influencers who has pivoted overnight to become a business coach because they managed to make some money off, off instagram um had to you know ended up in a, a messy personal situation with one of her mentors having to refund hundreds of thousands of dollars or pounds or euros uh to their client base because they were out of integrity and they didn't know what they were doing and they were saying one thing and doing a completely different thing uh the people who were spending money on Instagram influencers for business advice are the people who, and, and we shouldn't, I mean, Mike, you, I, our peers, our colleagues, we're not asking our teachers or our mentors to be more successful than us, but we are asking them to have a specific set of expertise that we know that we can learn from somehow.
1: i on the wrong and, microphone. Now I'm on the right microphone. This should sound better. Hey, great. I heard you great before as well. Okay. Right.
2: Okay. Uh, it's, it's prevented my tinnitus from <laughs> <laughs> cute. Good, good callback, bro. Good joke. But I think part of the problem is that we watch the unsophisticated audience, and by which I mean the new, the aspirational. Uh, business owners specifically, because this is my expertise, look to people who have something that they want and say, oh, I want that. I can get that. And they don't have the point of reference to know any different. So if I were to, let's say something I don't know much about, like nutrition or exercise, right? I could watch tomorrow a video of some guy sitting on the couch eating donuts. And he tells me, listen, I have found the perfect system to eat as many donuts as you want. You never have to do any exercise. It's all to do with the timing of your donuts, and you will get a six-pack. And I would believe it because I haven't got the necessary filters Mm. through which to channel this information to be discerning. Mm. So I think the danger when an inauthentic personal brand-led company goes out there and makes promises they can't keep or projects uh an uh, uh projects an untruth to the world is that the people who are going to fall for it are the people who of course are going to fall for it because they haven't got the the we have a duty as established leaders I'm, yep. I'm, I'm, I use that word um, uncomfortably, but say, you know, leaders after a decade and a, and a half, I think we're allowed to say that we, we do exercise some leadership. Um, we have a duty to protect those people who who I think are, are beginning their journey as well. And, and one of the ways that we can do that is by being authentic. And one of the ways that we can be authentic is by saying, I have bad days. Uh, sometimes those bad days uh, trip over into business. There's no such thing as, Uh, I'm going to crush it every day. There's no such thing as, you know, manifest it and it will come. There's there's, there's, There's a lot of things that I think we can do from a senior leadership position, which will be necessary, and they require authenticity. But they don't require, and I want to show you my hemorrhoids.
1: I wonder if I feel guilty that I said uh, you want I want you to lick my ass uh, to start us off. I shouldn't.
2: I feel guilty, Mark. I'm, 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 You know, I'm happy to discuss. It's that you too. Well up. You know, I would be well up for that. No, no worries. You can. Yeah, it there. was
1: visually just too aggressive. You know, what? what if the? Uh, what if the filter is kind of a family filter? Like, what would you share with your family? So, because your following is maybe your extended family and your family, you're more intimate than than someone stranger on the street even with your family, you don't dig into, you know, some families are a lot more tight. Uh, when I say tight, they're much more reserved in what they share and others are more open. Maybe that's a gauge.
2: I love this analogy. And I've used it in the past, uh, Mike, when it comes to, for example, writing emails, creating a persona for the email, the readership. For which we can say your prospect database, your audience in the in the conference room, whoever, whoever these people are that are looking up to you and receiving your whatever you're giving, your wisdom, your knowledge, your your entertainment, should absolutely be considered to be members of your family, and you have to be the head of that family, the mater familias or the pater familias, which is a Latin word means mother or father. Yeah, uh, you know, British British private school education, you know, uh, and that your clientele and. And it, the, the healthiest attitude that I have found for addressing these people is members of the family with me being the head of the family. The head of the family wants things for these people.
1: Yeah. They
2: want them to be responsible for themselves. Well, I
1: like that. I like that.
2: They want them to look after themselves, but they also want them to have fun. And if I think of the hats that I wear with my boys when I'm at home, I wear different hats. Sometimes it's the disciplinarian that tells them, you know, don't lick the dog because the dog will bite. Right. Sometimes it's the it's the screaming disciplinarian says, don't run near the traffic. You know. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's the who wants ice cream. Sometimes it's crazy tickles. But there are some bits that it never is. My kids never see me worry about money. So I remember watching my dad worry about money and think. There's nothing I can do. All you're doing, you know. I was aged 11, 12. My dad would be sitting at the dinner table saying, "We've got enough money to get through to the end of the year," and I would say, I would be angry with him and feel helpless and put upon because there was nothing that I could do to help him at that stage. Uh, and so my kids wouldn't. If I, I currently, thank thank God, don't have that issue. But if there are other things I'm worried about, if I'm worried about my health, my kids don't get to see that. If I am um, angry about something which doesn't have anything to do with them, <laughs> then they don't get to see that. If they're insecure, they don't get to see oh, it. My kids have never seen me cry, and I do cry sometimes, but not in front of the kids. It's you just, do, you cried last time we were recording. Yeah, man, I was in, I was in oh man, I
1: tell you what, this yeah, weekend, I I'm a co-crier, like, so you start tearing be, up, and I start tearing great. up, and it became like this. I wonder if that's true for, or necessary for everyone. Like As you're going through this, so I'm like, okay, what if I was the, for my community, my brand. What if I was the head of the family? Like, that does not feel right for me. I, I don't want to be the father. I want to be the brother. Like I want to go arm in arm. Like, the relationship I have with my sister or my siblings is a different relationship than I do with my children. My children, I have to give them guidance and um, I have to be more pure. My sister, I can be more raw and it's more of a mentor, a co-mentoring relationship. So I wonder if our, our listener who's listening in right now is like, oh yeah, I can see how this, you know, when I put myself out there, I, want, I wonder if they, they select what part of the family they are. I don't know. Do you like that? Yeah, and,
2: and, and this is, I'd say that's absolutely critical because there's no cookie cutter approach. Everyone gets to choose their role, but they've got to be yeah. strategic in it if they're wearing a marketing hat, right? But, what marketing department worth their salt is going to say, hey, we're just going to be everything to everybody. Nobody right? No marketing department is going to say, no, they say, this is who we are vis-a-vis the marketplace. And especially for a, for a personality-led business, it's critical. You might decide to be the black sheep of the family. You could be the punk rebel like kid that. sticking their fingers up. At, and there are plenty of personal brands that are doing that really, really well. Yeah,
1: that's actually pretty cool. I like that. Some of the
2: most, some of the most effective ones, if you think about the most persuasive, most influential, most uh, powerful personality brands on the planet today they are categorically sticking their fingers up at least 50 percent of the population
1: well I think Dave Ramsey Dave Ramsey is he's the the rebellious kid but I was thinking of Dave they say Dave Ramsey Dave Gordon uh Gordon uh Gordon who's the cook, who's the cook guy now
2: Gordon Ramsey
1: Gordon oh my God Gordon Ramsey that's one Gordon Ramsey right. is rebellious Dave Ramsey is kind of like the patriarch. Yeah, um, absolutely right. Yeah. Donald Trump,
2: Donald Trump, if we're talking about powerful people, he's the, he, you know, the brattish, the brattish brother who's not listening to anybody and is sticking his finger up at 50% of the world. Um, yeah. uh, Justin Bieber, bratish
1: little kid. You know, yeah. Britney
2: Spears. Uh, that, that, you, you love them or you hate them, but, and you do love them or hate well,
1: them. Well, all of them polarize, even if they... A patriarchal role or a matriarchal role, they're polarizing. But what about the hero syndrome? So, say I'm a consumer, I consume this stuff. Like, my favorite celebrity is Tom Cruise, first pops to mind. So, say it's Tom Cruise. Well, all of a sudden, you know, because I see him so frequently, I've seen so many movies and interviews, I'm like, Tom Cruise is amazing. Then there's that one break. He's jumping up and down a couch on Oprah, just doing weird stuff and espousing Scientology. And it's like, oh, it was such a mind shift. I'm like, I'm done with him. We, how do you as a personal brand how do you prevent that that perception of being a hero that you're the superhuman because you're only going to disappoint people at a certain point
2: yeah you know? and, and that's why I think you should be showing chinks in your armor at some point day okay. one I, th- I think Tom Cruise made a strategic fail in that in that regard you know I mean, he, we,
1: he still loved I think he navigated through it. it's just in my mind he lost me as a uh, unconscious What's the word? Um, A a blindsided fan is like, oh my god, he's this guy's perfect as an example, and then I'm like, no, he's not, and I still love his his movies and stuff. I'm like, as a person, I I don't aspire to be like him or whatever.
2: Yeah, you know, some back when I began in this game, it was easy to use swear words to get attention, right? Because they were outlandish. They were not everybody right. was doing it. This was before the days of Mark Manson's brilliant book, um, and 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 it was it was like a cheap hack. But it definitely like my book. When my book How to Get a Grip was republished a decade after original publication, the publishers told me we're going to change the name of the book to Get a King Grip, right? Um, and I was a, I was worried that it was derivative. Because yeah. Mark Manson's book was so popular and so good. And there were so many books with the F word in the title. Yeah. And I mentioned this to the publishers. They said, yeah, but it signals to the reader exactly what kind of book it is and who it's for. And it's it's,
1: it's true and it. real, right?
2: It's a label now. Yeah. Um, so back then, what I saw is there were a lot of sweary, rebellious, punk extreme personality types and they got a lot of traction very quickly, and they burnt like a flame, right? They burn very hard, and then they burn out. Yeah, Tom Cruise is probably in his fourth decade now of of being a movie star, right? He's yeah. never gone down the controversial route. He's been lucky enough to be incredibly hardworking. I'm sure he said he would have said he got the breaks when he when he expected to get the breaks but it's easier for the personality led business who doesn't have the hollywood studios behind them and who doesn't catch the series of lucky breaks that and genetically blessed circumstances that that tom cruise has done to be a little bit more polarizing to stand for something but more specifically to stand against
1: something you know what? Well, i think what well, i think works for tom cruise is uh supposedly i don't know much about him and i don't necessarily have the fandom around him per se i admire the work he's done and, and if i if, if i ran to the street i would be nervous as all hell but um he has a reputation i understand as one of the most extraordinary actors and that he um will thank and cares for the entire crew uh, he's the most gracious he doesn't miss a cue or time there's no arrogance about him on set he has a reputation for excellence i think tom hanks too um Tom Cruise had though had this public incident that just stands out in my mind because I remember him jumping up on that on the couch about his new wife or whatever, but it really started this uh, kind of perception. Like this guy is like kind of bipolar or something. Yep. I'm just saying as a consumer, it, it tainted my vision, but I wonder if his core community, this crews around him, they he exposed the real him, himself to them, and that's why his reputation continues to be so extraordinary in, the, in how he performs. I don't, does that make sense? yeah and you've got
2: your core community I remember watching a chat show it was probably Jerry Springer or something they were talking about Elvis and somebody said how can you love Elvis he became obese he was a drug addict he was a food addict he was a waster and somebody said you don't stop loving somebody just because they put on weight or just because they have a nervous <laughs> breakdown
1: yeah and I think that's true but
2: um yeah I don't think we're necessarily afforded you or I are afforded the same graces that somebody like Elvis Presley or Tom Cruise are I think I think um I and think an error. It
1: personal brands, you know, if, if there's a celebrity A B list, you and I are Z. <laughs> like like you know, no one knows who I am. And very few people. And and therefore, is it because it's such a small community that if I well,
2: speak for yourself, up. speak for yourself, Mike. I'm I'm definitely around the L or M uh, in, in the other. You're, you're you're
1: the L or M. I'm on the Z. <laughs> but, so listen, if 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 I mess up or you mess up. Small community that has adoration for us, you know. Do, do we lose those hundred followers, and, and we just shot ourselves in the foot? And is is Tom Cruise um, or Tom Hanks afforded that mistake because they have not one hundred, they've one hundred million fans? I mean, is that is that part of it? I don't know I think, if you know the answer. I just yeah, to
2: so I think I, th- I think the useful part here is for is for anybody who's beginning a personal brand to think if I can be strategic before I open my mouth. If I can be very careful about what I do, if I can think twice. In your book, Profit First, you say uh, you tell a story about a guy who you go on a car ride with, who's going to buy—I forget what it is—a new computer or, or office supplies or something—and he just puts it, he puts it on a list and he says, "I'll think about it next week." Right. So if you are, it's like you should never write an email when you're angry, or you should never right. make a phone call. Right. Just, just, just be strategic about the version of yourself that you put out into the world. The internet doesn't forget. People don't forget, you will definitely be given a second chance, even in today's cancel culture, depending on the depth of your faux pas. But with a little bit of consideration, you can think, if I were to look at this myself a year from now, would this be cool or would this be cringeworthy? Mm. Is this on brand? And the brand can be as wacky or as wild or as fun as you like, but I suspect that a lot of these people who have very visible emotional, heart opening Instagram lives with their followers will look back on those in a year or two and say, that wasn't business relevant. I think I put myself back a little way. And there'll be a, the, the, the other side of people are going, no, honesty and authenticity and vulnerability is super important. But those aren't the people who matter. Those are the supporters, not the buyers.
1: What I'm hearing is authenticity doesn't translate into everything. Like the conversation you have with your wife or I have with my wife is something just for us, because that's the most important relationship in my life. The extended family, my community, it's still me, but there are certain parts that the relationship is not that intimate, so that's not going to be discussed.
2: And you should still share some of these things. Sometimes we can share things that will be of value to our audience. Like, you know, um, Dan Kennedy used to share about his alcoholism. Like this is an issue I had. This is something that I overcame. Um, plenty of our colleagues and friends have, have told stories about unfortunate childhoods. Right after a while, when you're at peace with it, when that's a story that you can share. Like if you're in if you're in the business coaching game, Mike, you shouldn't be, and 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 you expect longevity. You shouldn't be saying, at the beginning of this year, I was facing bankruptcy, but three months on, I've Just learned, all. People away. I've learned yeah. all the lessons. Join my program to find right. out how to make a zillion I'm still lots. struggling
1: right now. Pay quickly. I mean, we shouldn't be doing
2: those. There was a guy in the UK, uh, I, I noticed a few years ago, who um, I'd done a, an event with and had some complaints that we were both booked by the same booker. Uh, I was opening, he was the afternoon. So a lot of people came to see me and ended up with him. And uh, they, they felt a little bit icky, a little bit dirty. He was a run to the back of the room
1: Oh, I don't. I don't like that. I
2: just do not. And um, and so I had a couple of notes, a couple of complaints, and then there were some Me Too allegations against him as well. So basically, the guy was not in my favor. And 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 just you know, out of curiosity, because everyone loves a car crash, I'm just watching what's going on in his career. And and he posted um on the social media, on the social media side of our age, posted on social media that he was celebrating uh, being nine months out of uh, a psychiatric institution. Which is great for him. I was thrilled that he's got fixed, got the help that he needed, yeah. and everything. But I wouldn't share that nine months. If I if my clients are looking for leadership, I wouldn't say, you know, I've just I've just been released after an inpatient stay in a psychiatric unit. That's something which um, is a personal medical matter. Do you have to disclose that to your clients? Not if it's not relevant. Not if it's not relevant. Okay, so I think I, there there are certain faux pas, and this, this is the kind of level of authenticity and vulnerability which can serve you, but there needs to be a gap.
1: Right, there right. You, you don't put it on me. Me. Yeah, it's I like know. you're running someone on the street or someone you never met before, and they start dumping you on you. It puts burden on the receiver of that knowledge. Yeah. Hey, I'm curious about uh, midlife crisis, right, and how it translates into this this community. So, if you have a community of followers, um, you and I are both at the midlife crisis stage. What does that mean? How's it? Is it important? Is it even relevant? Um, and is the aging of an individual? So this is all kind of packed in. I just want to open a conversation around this. Is this an aging of an individual as a brand representative? Is that relevant? Um, is that important to to realize that you know how I was ten years ago is a different person than I am today?
2: Yeah, I think I think it's important. that We do evolve, uh, and the and we're okay. Yeah, you know, it's okay to bring our audience along with us. Cat Stevens changed his name to Yusuf Islam and started recording um, religious songs, right? After after being a folk singer and and his hardcore audience moved with him. So I don't think we should be afraid of change. Uh, I also think consistency is not necessarily our best friend. Like Mm. I chose whiskey as my motif uh, when I was 28 or 29 and indestructible. My liver was indestructible, right? My whole brand (sighs) My whole brand was built around whiskey. Age 40, I'm very, very careful and considerate about, you know, whiskey is a far bigger part of my brand now than it is of my life. <laughs> so, I mean, so I've kind of built up this 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 version of myself, which is no longer 100% true. And the, and the midlife crisis element, for me, Mike, it's been a couple of things. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm in the middle of my first or third or eighth midlife crisis, but um, There's permanent change, you know, permanent turbulence going on, and I got a little bit tired of the change. So I was with Book Yourself Solid for twelve years. Yeah. About well, that twelve years ago, I joined Michael Porter Book Yourself Solid. Uh, lots of things happened in my life. Kids were born. Uh, kids got sick, kids have developmental delays, move country, um, wife got sick. Uh, I decided I was going to take a break from book Yourself Solid, three years um, being the Matthew Kimberley show, getting on stage, traveling around the world, uh, basically adding to my job description. And although revenue was going up and up, and my out- effective hourly rate was increasing from time to time. What I was lacking, what I desired in this, I don't know if it's a crisis or just a pivot, was the security that goes with moving back behind the scenes to a certain degree. Right? Mm. You wrote about this in um, Clockwork. You've talked about this mm. a lot. But uh, yeah, I, w- I could never have taken a one-month Well, I did. I took a five-month vacation last year, but most of the money stopped coming in.
1: Right, so, right, 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 right. So you, it was you're, okay because
2: I had enough, and when I came back in December, did a couple of things, and you know, plumped the coffers again. But, but it was bridging, right? It was unhealthy.
1: You're using that money to bridge you during an off time. It's not yeah. a business that's running on its own.
2: I started my career in a very boring brick and mortar business. I was doing. Um, I owned a technology recruitment company, and I would spend all day long talking to IT managers at banks about what kind of network administrator they needed to interview for the opening next month, right? And yeah. and and that was my job. I was a headhunter. And I hated it. I was desperate for the glory. I wanted to be a best-selling author. I wanted to be a world-renowned speaker. I wanted my face on a podcast. I wanted all of these things. And then I got them, and... Now I see that that's actually a disadvantage from a grown-up business point of view. (laughs) How many, uh, there's there's mitigating steps that we can take. You can be a personality-based business, but you've done this beautifully, Mike, right? You've got a personality-based business. Those who know your books or your programs know you, but they're all businesses that run themselves, right? You are a beneficiary of, of having put systems, structures, and key intellectual property in place. In order that you are genuinely a business owner, uh, as opposed to being a well-paid consultant or a well-paid speaker or, or whatever those things might be, I risk going off in the opposite direction. I risk becoming a highly paid consultant.
1: Yeah, it is a dangerous situation, particularly right. as we get older. Like you can't sustain, nor do we desire to sustain that driver energy. Let me ask you this though: uh, that kind of this midlife crisis. You know, we do. Sp- you're the whiskey guy when you're in your 20s and 30s. Now you're in your 40s, 50s. You know, hang on, I hang just, on. I just, I
2: just turned 40. I just turned 40, Mike.
1: You son of a dirty I bitch. So I, you see these politicians um that they are running for office, and then you see pictures from them when they were in their college fraternity wearing blackface. And it's like, my God, are these the most racist, horrible, despicable people? Maybe they did stupid things and maybe they've repented. Maybe, maybe, maybe they've changed, but it's today. Uh, everything's preserved permanently. You're a flashcard uh, of your entire life. The second someone meets you where an older guy who's almost 50 now. Uh, thank you very much. Is, you look better uh,
2: than me. You look younger than me.
1: There's this. No. Well, man, I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I don't think I do. Um, but regardless, when we look back, you know, my college days, that stuff, there's maybe a couple of Polaroids floating around, type thing. but that's it. So how today as a, uh, as, a as a celebrity for your community, as a influencer, whatever the hot term is of the of the month, how do we get out of that flashcard mentality of everyone can reflect on everything? How, how can you, you change opinion? What, what do you do when you make mistakes?
2: I don't know, but it terrifies me. Yeah. You know, I mean, who, I... Who could, who could run for office today? Who? Uh, who that's the worst thing.
1: It's Nobody could worst. run for office
2: unless they were prepared that their cobwebs were cleared. And you'll be, every yeah, you'll be single person on the planet has uh, skeletons in their closet that they would rather not be shed. I have just today finished reading the Edward Snowden uh, autobiography. Uh, yeah. It's called... Can't can't remember something, Permanent Record. It's called Permanent Record. And and he says that everybody in the world, basically he said the NSA and various intelligence agencies, hi folks, uh, uh, have the capability to read and record every single action that you take pretty much in your life if you carry a cell phone and if you use a computer. Right, Pretty much everything, like every key no matter where you are in the world. And he said, everybody in the world has two things in common. They have all looked at pornography.
1: And- I I can attest to that. I used to be in computer forensics. Everyone. Women too, but men, 99.9%. And
2: everybody keeps photos of their kids and their family on their computer somewhere or in their drive. You know, Uh they said those are the two things that everybody has in common. He also says there is not anybody who is not, I'm forgetting the word that you use, susceptible in some way to, what do the intelligence agencies call it? Leverage. What's the, um, what, what have we got on this guy? Do we have some? Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody, whether it's, a gambling issue that you used to have five years ago, whether you uh, once got drunk and sent a message to a stripper on Instagram, whether you uh, were talking to school buddies 20 years ago, and you used a racial slur, which when I was at school, homophobic slurs were used by me and by
1: every
2: single one of my uh, school friends every single day, multiple times a day. We also Sorry. used to have, <coughs> you know, we'd say, we'd say some horrible. And now if these things came out today, there is a cancel culture. I don't feel suitably qualified to talk about it. And frankly, it, it terrifies me to a certain degree. But what I th- I've given a lot of thought about this to going ahead, you know, what's done is done. Right? If, if there are skeletons to be dug up, be prepared for them to be dug up. I think in the future, we have to be very careful about, um, not only what we say and who we say it to, but the way in which it may be construed because sarcasm, tone of voice, et cetera, these don't communicate in the retelling. So I, you know, my my golden rule is don't put anything down in writing or anywhere that could be recorded, something which you wouldn't want to see on the front page of the newspaper or read out in court.
1: You know, the the other side, the thing about these politicians, like, so basically what we're Cornering yourself to say is that we want this perfect, polished uh, politician, which doesn't exist. We want a robot. We want a robot to run for president or whatever, or prime minister. Let me. We got to, actually. I'm looking at the clock here. We got to, We're running out of time. I don't um, know if that's true, Mike. What? I don't think we do want. No. A, I'm, oh, I'm sorry. Policy. We don't. But that's what we're positioning ourselves. No. Who wants it? That's the worst person to have because they don't. They don't. They haven't lived life. They. They have no understanding what life is like but the conversely we, we we hold others accountable to something that we're guilty as charged also it's i don't know but this is all to do with innate bias you know who's going
2: to be the one dragging up the story of he wants tore up an American flag. He wants pooked on the Bible. He wants, yeah, it's going to be the press who is funded by other interests. You know, unfortunately, it's the money that speaks louder than anything else. And, and, you know, the United States, with respect to the country that I love, and I love spending a lot of time with, the level of discourse there is getting oh, frighteningly it's, basic. it's horrific. It's frighteningly basic. You know, I think we may consider a move to Switzerland en masse where... Uh, people are a little bit more uptight, but civil to each other. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, it's horrific here. But but you know, as influencers, uh, we're at risk for this on a mini level. The the one thing is when someone has a vendetta against you, they can scrape and smear against anybody. Um, I wonder if it's simply a choice, a realization that if you step into space where you're going to lead in some capacity, it can happen and it will happen that someone's going to smear you. Is your goal is your mission, your purpose, bigger than the risk of getting smeared. And if you're saying, listen, it's not, then then go into the, you know, the 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 pursuit of I don't know if mediocrity is the right word, but of being imb- ob- oblivious or having the world oblivious about who you are. I think that's a choice we've got to make.
2: Yeah. And this kind of brings it nicely full circle with what we were talking about earlier. It depends how thick your skin is, it depends on your appetite for a fight. I have neither thick skin despite the impression I might give, uh, nor much of an appetite for a fight, despite the impression I might give. I think it's much healthier for me personally to leave the limelight or the sticking the head above the parapet to other people. And that's why I chose to move behind the scenes and run Book Yourself Solid as a business based upon intellectual property with a business partner and a whole core of staff. Uh, You can, you know, I, I am preferring it out of the limelight. You can get away with more. (laughs) when people are watching, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, let's leave it off on that. Uh, Matthew, Kimberly, everyone. I hope you enjoyed listening in. Okay. So that was Matthew Kimberly. Um, And I, I promised he would talk about ear hair. Sure enough, he did. But I thought that was a really interesting way to deal with transparency. There's a certain level of transparency that brings value. And then you can get to a point where it's distracting and not helpful. And, and what I heard too, is that we don't all, we don't, we, we don't, we shouldn't put it all on the table. Like if you want to present yourself well, he said, pluck the ear hair. Like you still are authentic and consistent. You just don't need to expose everything.
3: Yeah. I thought that was really oh. interesting too. I was thinking the same thing and it never really occurred to me. I was like, well, if you're going to be authentic and you're going to be genuine, that's, you know, you're going to give us your, you're going to show us everything, but it's true. It doesn't need to all be out there to, to serve your community.
1: I wonder if it's uh what it is, is if, if there's an inquiry or a discussion that we don't necessarily lie about it, but I don't think we bring to the forefront. At least that's how I interpret it. Yeah. What'd you hear Kelsey?
3: Yeah. I feel like it's a unique balance for each person. Like, you know, being able to connect with people in a very human way requires some amount of authenticity and a little bit of vulnerability, but, I think it is very important to be cautious about that line because your example about um, Tom Cruise, I think was really good because it's very quick for us to change your perceptions because these people aren't in your everyday life, right? Like they don't know you as a human being and cancel culture is very real because these internet interactions aren't dynamic like they would be in a real world setting, right? So when your brand relies on, this sort of relationship, it is really important to be cautious about what you share and what that line is for you and the people you're trying to reach. Um, you know, a little bit of polarization to, to really find your, your people is okay, but it can be very detrimental
1: if you go too far. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's no question. There's this flash judgment. And, uh, I, I think, I think the mistake, that uh, can be made is saying, well, don't don't flash judge. Like to have an expectation, if you're the influencer, have the expectation for your community not to flash judge. That's humanity. We we all do right. it. Right. So the Tom Cruise instance is like, oh, I mean, he's a Scientologist and he jumps on couches, and uh, I am basing my um perception of him on those two elements and non consideration for holistically who he is as a person. And you do hear these behind the scenes extraordinary things. Um. So i think we have to be prepared that whatever role we're serving that people will flash judge us right Um, so what do you think jay Sloan? well you've officially
0: turned into kelsey because that was not going to be my entire answer
1: (laughs)
3: um
0: and then you did a second part which knocked out the second thing um but no just to go off of what kelsey was saying about uh cancel culture it's funny recently chris pratt has been like they've been nailing him on Twitter for something ridiculous. And Robert Downey Jr. said, oh, you know, basically to all the people who've never made a mistake in your life. (laughs) uh, And then um, it was uh, Mike Tyson said, uh, you know, recently, and it wasn't related to that, but just in general, the issue with, uh, you know, cancel culture is people have gotten away with on the internet for saying things that they would get punched in the face normally in real life. And there's no repercussions for it. Like, you know, so people have just gotten worse and worse and worse. Um, and I just, I, I, just think like, yeah, I think, you know, people need to knock themselves down a peg and realize like, look, people make mistakes. you like, you know, if you go through anybody's, you know, history and, and micro, you know, everything with a magnifying glass, like you're going to find something like, it's just like, people are yeah. human. Like they make mistakes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I thought, you know, what I thought is interesting is that, um, we talked about, you know, politicians and th- there's this expectation of the, the perfect politician. Like you don't have a single blemish in your life. And, uh, the point was, was hearing from Matthew as well. That makes them a robot. Like there is no such thing as perfection, and therefore the expectation for it is so unrealistic. It's it's actually harmful. You're you're we're expecting robots.
3: Yeah, I like that you guys said. Is your purpose bigger than the threat of your name getting smeared? You have to know that about yourself before you put yourself out there that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also like that he recognized that being, you know, not in the forefront, not being the the, you know. Prominent speaker um, gives him a little bit more freedom to, yeah. to be, you know, human with what he says and what he does, right? Yeah, and to be and honest, we got
1: freedom. Uh, what, saying, guy, what were you saying? Isaac, like, we, we have freedom to play a game. I'm excited for oh, <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. Oh, okay. I'll just shut up right here. No. <laughs> oh, but no, so, hey,
1: if you have something to say, brother, say it.
0: I personally wouldn't want somebody that looked like they had a unblemished record and is a perfect person. Cause to me, it's like, that doesn't seem genuine. That seems fake. Mm-hmm, you yeah. know? So like, yeah. it's okay to like have a couple like, you know, little problem. I mean, it happens, you know, and you know, they possibly learned from it and they do things differently. And it's like, you know, you want the person that made mistakes and, and learns lessons from it, not the person who thinks they're perfect and, and doesn't have anything to learn from anybody. Mm-hmm. So there's my Agreed. two cents. All right, but now to the, game. Go to the yeah, game. Game time, let's do it. Oh, it's game time. All right, so this trivia is British trivia. British? Yes. Ooh. My jeez. All right, question number one. The average Brit drinks how many cups of tea per year? Per year? Per year. year. Per year. Um, All right. A, 347. B, 672. Or C, 876. Okay. All right. Next question. How many countries make up the UK? Three, four, or five? Okay. And in British slang, the term plonker is used for what? Is it A, bad food, B, a slow driver, or C, an idiot? Feeling good today. Feeling good.
3: That's
0: good. I know. <laughs> but we'll see. In doing research for for this trivia, I, I came across the most amazing slang terms and words. Oh, you is so you know, inappropriate. I love it. Of. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's so great. Um, okay, question number one: The average Brit drinks how many cups of tea
1: per year? I said Would you say, Kelsey? I said B. Six seventy two. I amplify. I went to eight seventy six because so that'd be more than I say two and a half cups a day. So eight seventy six.
3: I went. I went for the high one too.
1: It is a seventy-six,
0: which, which which basically comes to the equivalent of about two bathtubs full of tea. Oh my goodness!
3: Do they do
1: Earl Grey? Like, what's the, I wonder what the popular one is? is English that- breakfast. I, English I like, breakfast. That's that's too ironic. <laughs> that?
0: I really like English breakfast. I don't like Lady Grey.
3: Oh, I just found that one and I like it a lot. That's the oh, one I
0: got. It has like it's not ber- bergamot. It's something else in it.
3: Um, a kind sort of perfumey kind of
1: taste yeah, to it is yeah. that what yeah I, you know what's funny when you're at a restaurant like uh usually the uh, slightly finer restaurants like the you know the middle to upper you add like you're, after dinner people say oh do you want coffee and most people get coffee and then sometimes i get tea and you know like, the, the the waiter will come with uh She'll have like four mugs of coffee plop them down. Coffee and then they bring out this big display of that big box, that wooden box. They open up. Oh, did you order the tea? It's the most embarrassing thing. <laughs> just mm-hmm. the just most embarrassing it. thing. <laughs> yeah. You have not at, at the moment. At the moment, because everyone's <laughs> drinking, everyone's sipping their coffee and they're, they're eating their cheesecake. And I'm sitting there like, oh, do you want the Earl Grey, Earl Grey Decaf? I love that part. Damn. I would
3: totally yeah. love that whole what somebody. It's so
1: ostentatious. <laughs> I'm not surprised that you two, Amy, also love that. It's ostentatious.
3: Yes, because we're so ostentatious. That's, oh, just, not that's how we.
1: <laughs> that's why I don't drink tea anymore. That's, <laughs> that's, why. that's, well, that's why. That's the <laughs> reason. I
3: oh lordy! All
0: right, question number two: How many countries make up the UK? Five.
3: I said four. I said four, and I don't know. What's the fifth one? What are the Three five?
0: What, can you tell me what the five
1: countries are, Mike? Let me try it. So, Bonus England, points. England, Scotland, Ireland, Northern Ireland, and Wales. Oh, you're oh, so I didn't close. Put
3: Ireland in it. Ire- I just think Northern
0: Ireland. Yeah, Ireland and Northern. It's just Northern Ireland.
1: Yeah. So it's four. Yeah, right? So it's
0: four. Yeah.
1: Yay. Ireland. Oh, that's right. Ireland doesn't count. Sugar. All right.
0: <laughs> good, good, though. That was That was good. You're close. The term "plonker" is a British, is <laughs> <laughs> a British slang for what? Is it bad food, slow driver, or an idiot? Slow oh, driver. I said idiot,
3: but I think it's slow driver. I said slow driver.
0: It's an idiot. Okay,
3: oh, yeah. yeah. Kelsey, you're three out of three. No
0: um, idea. I I, said it, right. I think I said idiot, but I think it's a slow driver, which <laughs> right. makes you an idiot. It's like which yeah. makes you a plonker. I
3: wrote down idiot. <laughs>
0: like the reason i the reason i picked that one was because you mentioned gordon ramsey and he's always like oh you plonka and so i yeah. just figured that, oh, there.
1: Damn it. that was good man those your trivia questions are so much fun oh thanks i appreciate it all right we gotta wrap up this episode we got some more recordings to do in studio before i gotta get the hell out of here um so before you listeners get the hell out of here do please subscribe rate and review share uh, spread the word And uh, if you like our shows or if you don't, either way, we want to hear your questions. So send it to askmike at mikemichalots.com. We also have this on YouTube. So if you type in Mike up in your business, you'll find our YouTube channel and can subscribe there too. Did I get it all, J-Bone? Yeah, you got it. All right. See y'all.
3: Good times. (laughs) (laughs) wishing you good times. Wishing you good times. She blew it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that could be a t-shirt wishing you good
3: time we wishing you good
1: time I, I say all the time
3: all <laughs> the time